0: We can it. It's time to recap it. And who better to do it than Michael New Magic? Two bros slash pros who cover the highs and lows of racing around the globe on every one of the shows. Real
1: fans look forward to these guys and their last thoughts, if they know they're not talking out of their royal ass. God, well, they say makes sense. So, ladies and gents, sit back and
0: relax as Blinkers Off presents The Magic Mike Show, where you hear the experts
1: speak. The Magic, Magic Mike, Mike Show, tune into the show. Show every week, the Magic Mike Show. You can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDunes.com. What's up everybody? I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. And this is the Magic Mike Show episode 366, Mr. Samic. Preps are over, huzzah! Oh boy, they, uh, well, almost. We actually had the Lexington Stakes this week. It's just a 20-point Kentucky Derby prep. But yeah, pretty much, we're done. Yeah, the, congratulations. We pretty much survived it. And uh, now we just had to sit back and talk about the same stuff, the same 20 horses for the next four weeks. Are you ready?
0: Oh, I'm. I'm ready and excited. It's actually going to be like 22, right, because we're going to have that bubble movement. We've already had a couple horses that decided uh, they are not interested in losing on uh, the first Saturday <laughs> of May. So they have defected from the uh, derby field. And uh, we'll get a couple other horses that are going to kind of sneak into it. I assume we'll have 20, man, because, you know, everyone wants to be in the derby.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think even well, with the COVID year, I think it was the only time we didn't have 20. And that's because, you know, we didn't have 23 year olds that were really running at that point uh, that late in the season. But yeah, listen, we've got a big show. Uh, if you are joining us live, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it. We there's a big interaction show, as it always is, but especially today, because now that we're done with the Derby and the Oaks, preps, we're just talking about everything. So we're going to dive deep into these races, but we're also going to give our top fives for this. So, Mike, let's go into we got some breaking news. Breaking news as of two days ago, Mo Donegal catches everybody <laughs> to win the Wood Memorial Stakes.
0: <laughs> God, you had me go in there. I thought we were going to talk about Sayas writing Secret Oath or, or someone defected at the last minute, but no, we're just going to, we're going to talk about Mo freaking Donegal.
1: Listen, I will say that this race was a, the, the Wood Memorial kicked off everything in a great way. It was a very exciting finish. Um, each of these three prep races, I think, gives us something a little different to talk about, which is going to be nice because it's, otherwise should can get real boring real fast. But um, let's first talk about Mo Donegal. I thought a perfect ride from Joel Rosario is why this horse wins by a neck and doesn't lose by a length. What do you think?
0: Uh, I think that, that's pretty accurate. Uh, early voting kind of got a, a nice early lead. And, and the, the way that this was timed out was was exceptional on the Rosario side. I thought he did a great job uh, kind of sending Mo Donegal at the right time, uh, being able to get him uh, into a position where he could, he could attack early voting late. You see your early voting gets to that early lead. Um, this is an interesting one. I, I, there's going to be a lot of buzz yeah, <laughs> there you go. There's the breaking news. Morell actually got out of the gate. Uh, there's going to be a lot of buzz about MoDongal in this race. Um, I, I think he's going to be one of those horses that is going to catch a bunch of hype in this spot. It's going to be interesting to see what he goes off at in the Derby. This is one of those races where I, I, you know the more I watch it, the less I'm interested in betting either of these horses back. Uh, so I, you're going to have early voting. you're going to have MoDonegal here, but I'm not sure either of them is very good.
1: You know, I, from this race, I will take uh, early voting out of the, the field because remember, this is what? Just his third career start, um, and he's got a lot of speed. This, you know, He's coming off a little bit of a layoff in a muddy track, and I think he's got a bright future. I don't know how much I want him in the Kentucky Derby to win, but I think that he's sneaky depending on where he draws, Mike, and how the, the pace ends up setting up because we're, you talked about defections we're starting to see already. Um, I think he could be a, quite a sneaky play. To you know, maybe not the exact or definitely trifect and superfect it because he'll be that speed and ever, as everybody stumble bunnying home, nope, very few horses are going to be able to catch him. I think so. That's where that's who I would take out of this race.
0: It's interesting because because you say that um, and and he definitely was the speed in this spot. Uh, they had so Craig Malowski who does uh, time form figs. He posts up the fastest half miles from all the mile and a, or nine for one plus prep races. Where do you think early voting's would effort here from the first half mile, how fast it was in the top 20? Where do you think he lands? 13th. He's eighth. So he's pretty far down there. Uh, I'm not sure he's going to be able to get to the lead in the derby. I think he's going to be forced to kind of stalk off it or use way too much horse to be able to get out there. We saw even with this slower pace, he was still struggling at the end here to to obviously try and hold off and wasn't able to do so. So I'm worried that without a faster pace, he's going to have less and less of a chance to be able to get the job done. Yeah. Morello, the five horse here, you can see broke really poorly there. He's the other one out of here that I think is going to, going to garner a lot of talk to me. Morello is more of a one turn horse, but this is one you just kind of draw a line through
1: after that break. Uh, it's definitely, um, yeah, poor Morello. (laughs) (laughs) I think we also learned we don't want him in the derby, but, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, again, I don't think early voting is, uh, I don't think he's a win contender. I just think if you want to play him, you know, some, a horse that can hold on because so many of these horses are going to be gasping for air behind him. Mo Donegal, I've seen a lot of people, and it was brought up in the live feed that we did. Uh, Mo Donegal is a Belmont horse. Do you like that idea better? Do you understand why people would, want, would think Belmont over Kentucky Derby for him?
0: Yeah, I do. So let's just talk about Mo Donegal here. And right now you can see Mo Donegal sitting here um, on the rail, the one horse. Uh, here's the thing. Modonegal needs a really good trip, and that's what Rosario is able to get him here. He's able to find a way to kind of weave through horses and, and get the job done. And this is a nine-horse field, eight-horse field, not that big. When you go to the Derby and you're facing 20 horses, and your whole thing is that you're a grinder, right? You need to get get loose. And then get, get wide. You need to be able to not lose your momentum. Because if you do at any point, you're not going to be able to re, re, get it going quick enough to be able to really make a run. And that's what Rosario does here. You can see he's able to get him loose here. Then he's going to duck to the inside of the seven. Be able to make a move around the three. Moe Donegal never has to stop at all. Yep. The problem is in the derby with 20 horses, it's unlikely that you're going to be able to get this type of trip where you're essentially weaving in and out, you know, going up the rail, then you weaved outside a horse at the backstretch, then up the rail around the turn, then able to get the rail here, then you go wide, never got stopped. With 20 horses, you're going to get stopped somewhere. When you go to the Belmont, first off, you have a longer stretch, which is great for a horse like Mo Donigo, who clearly needs to take some time to get his momentum going, but you also have less horses to try and find a way through. So it, it makes much more sense that you see him successful in the Belmont versus being successful in the Kentucky Derby.
1: Uh, the two Safis get third and fourth here. Everybody else, uh Barice, that's a New York bread that was facing open company and got his first loss. I think, you know, back to New York Bread. Uh for him, we'll get last question and we'll move out of here. Steve asks, Who's riding Mo Donegal for the Derby? Because of course Joel Rosario is riding the Kentucky Derby winner epicenter. So Mo Donegal is gonna have Irad Ortiz. It's Irad, it's Pletcher. Uh yeah, it's gonna be a good it's be a good fit for them.
0: He's gonna have Irad, really?
1: Yeah.
0: Oh I didn't realize that.
1: Yep, That'll be interesting.
0: That makes, I mean, it's, it's who you want.
1: <laughs> well, because uh, uh, Chad Brown's actually best uh, three-year-old has the best jockey in the world aboard, and that's Flavian Pratt on Zandon. Uh, by the way, can we just give a quick round of applause to Flavian Pratt? I mean, my God. Talk about saying, I'm officially moving on from California, putting on your big boy pants, and just shitting on everybody <laughs> in Keeneland. It was so beautiful to see. Uh, love our boy. Um, all right, so he pilots Zandon here. I apologize in advance if you're watching this live for the replay. Um yeah, I, I which which horse is he? <laughs> he's White Cap, blue silks. Uh yeah, he's, four and, horse. he's cloth. You can't tell. I mean This one right here. To. There you go. There you go. Thanks Mike. Um okay, so Zandon kind of takes back a little bit farther than uh, necessarily anticipated. Flavin press sensing some trouble there. But what did you think about Zandon's effort here? I was quite impressed.
0: Uh, I mean, Zanin ran very, very well. I mean, when you watch this race live, you see Emmanuel out there, and Emmanuel's setting the pace and, and going pretty slow. I mean, he goes 24 flat, basically, almost 48 flat. I thought he was going to be very, very dangerous when he got loose like this. Um, and and Zanin kind of gets shuffled here. So now you can see Zanin's in second to last place here in the blue with the white cap. Um, and it looks like in a, just a world of trouble. And, and now if you can follow this four horse, Flavian will, will – show you just how to ride a horse through traffic because this is a beautiful job of not getting in any trouble, especially with horses around him bumping, which you'll see here. Uh, so he gets shuffled all the way back and you can see even the MBC pace number up there says it's slow. Uh, so to be able to come from last with what you would think is a decently quality horse in a manual setting the pace um, into a slow pace is, is pretty darn impressive you see rattle and roll rolling up to the outside there smile happy the 10 horse sitting right here and now watch sandin here with Pratt I mean so he's in the blue with the white cap starting to come up uh, he's now into fourth to last Shoot. and he's gonna weave right to the inside of these horses Shoot. and you're gonna you're gonna see the two outsides start bumping back and forth he's then gonna go right to the outside of smile happy when he gets this split and once he gets loose sandon just accelerates I mean and this is a master class and how to dodge, how to be able to dodge traffic going through the lane. Uh, again, an absolutely wonderful effort. I'm a little concerned again if you try and do this at the Derby. You've got 20 horses in front of you. And Pratt and Ortiz, two of the best in the world, are still going to have trouble getting through all of these horses clean without having either of them to stop.
1: This was such a such a beautiful performance from Flavian Pratt. I loved it. Um my God. I I this it was so fun to watch him do that in in that race like you said Mike he just weaved so perfectly through now things have to open for him but when the holes open he took advantage of them before they shut on him and that's something that a lot of jocks struggle with um uh, there really wasn't any I don't know if there's anything else here that we really want to talk about well yes there is smile happy smile 2nd let's watch. he's three wide and I was actually very surprised that he was this forwardly placed were you
0: I thought that Zandon and Smile Happy would be in opposite spots and and you hit the nail on the head. He he ended up three wide, three wide on both turns. So a little bit of an excuse just from a, a, a trip perspective there on the Smile Happy side. Although I really think this was kind of the instructions. It was don't let the lead get too far away from you. You're probably the best horse in the race. Just take it to him when you get the chance. I mean, this is very similar to what we saw from Kathleen O. Just don't get in trouble. Go wide both turns and you'll just beat him down the lane. And unfortunately, Zandon just fired here for the connections of Smile Happy. And that's that was really the difference, is that Zanin ran Smile Happy down. I thought Smile Happy ran a, a very good race here and just was second best.
1: Uh, buyer speed figure-wise, I just lost the page. I moved off of There we go. Zandon gets a 98. That's back-to-back 94s for Smile Happy. So four races. um uh, the first two very impressive route victories, 82 Buyer 90. Both times at, th- at three now, he's gotten a 94. So... As a smile, if you're a smile happy supporter, are you a little worried? Did he not take a step forward? Did he not take enough of a step forward here from start one to start two at age three?
0: Well, I I think that's a little, I think he did take a step forward. So let me start with that. Like, like I'm not just going to be a slave to a buyer number and say always exact same effort in this sense. I I think that the race that he ran here was a little bit better than what we saw last time being forwardly placed and also being wide on both turns, I thought was an improvement from the Smile Happy side. So um, I don't think it was necessarily a negative move in that sense that that Smile Happy took a step backward. So to me, I felt like this was a a little bit of step forward. I still have a Lannery issue, although Lannery did everything right here. So I'm not going to knock him for this trip. He, he, the, the trip was fine. He did everything he was supposed to, just got run down late. Um, but to me, I mean, this is really about about Zandon and, and what he did. I, I think this, I'm, I am very hard pressed to take Smile Happy at anything under 10 to 1. I'm not getting 10 to 1 or over. So for me, Smile Happy is off any of type of my win bets. Maybe he fits the fourth spot in the try or in the super or something like that non's a little tougher um I mean you look at this and, and where we got the chart up here and we always talk about well let's see where other people finish smile happy was fourth Emmanuel was first golden glider was second at the half mile or at the at the quarter mile point and first second and third at the half mile point no one else closes and Xana was in 10th and so it made this move into a, a the top three that that were that held so it's it's a very very impressive move from Xnin here
1: between early voting and Zandon, one of those horses is hitting the board in the derby for Chad Brown. I really, I have a strong feeling about it. And you brought up Smile Happy. Uh, definitely hitting the super. Trish Smith agrees with you in the chat. Uh, uh, Vashon says that uh, Zandon is his derby pick if he breaks well. Thinks he wins by open lengths. um You know, he does have some trouble uh, breaking a little bit, but... Uh, I think the horse definitely has the ability to get the distance going to mile eight. The way that he finished this race uh, was good. I want to bring up a Pedlo brought up a great question here. Why is one horse, Mike, getting through a big deal when it's Zandon versus it's going to be trouble when it's Modona I have an answer, but I want to go to you first on this one.
0: Well, I, I mean, to me, I think they're both in trouble. I mean, I, I think both of them are going to have to work to get through it. I, I wouldn't. I'm not going to pick either to win the Derby. I can tell you that right now. Um, so in, in my mind, they both have the same issue. I trust Pratt a little more than I trust uh, I trust Irad. And I also think that Zandon is more tactical than Modonegal. Um, Modonegle struggled to get out of the break more and kind of always comes from the back. Well, Zandon's shown speed before. So you have more tactical speed with Zandon, and you really have a one-dimensional horse in Modonegle. Uh, so to me, that's the main difference between the two of them is that I feel like Xanin could be closer if he wants to be, uh, it's going to come down to the draw for both of these horses. I mean, if I let them draw the inside, good night, that's a terrible draw. If I let them draw way outside, it's a lot of trouble as well. Um, so it, it's going to be interesting to see where both of them end up, but in my mind, they are very similar. You're going to get a bad price on both of them. <laughs> the difference is Xanin has some tactical speed.
1: Which one is the worst price? The lower price? I think Moe yeah. has got a lot more love.
0: Uh, well, Zandon's the morning line favorite, uh, according to multiple people right now. So, Derby I mean, I, favorite? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I I would be surprised. Oh. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Uh, it's multiple DRF guys who put up their morning lines, and uh, the early Churchill line was all Zandon four to one or three to one. So, uh, Zandon is currently your early favorite, uh, but I disagree with that. And you're also seeing the overseas. Boards disagree with it. They've all have epicenters the favorite. So, um but yeah, to, to answer the question on Pedlo's side, the difference is specifically the early speed that Zandon does possess when he wants to, and this was just a race where I think he got shuffled a little bit.
1: I also great points. I, I don't disagree with any of those. I'll add that I think that uh, Zandon was able to reel in the speed and get past it. And Mike, you brought up a great point. The speed they they shifted positions, but they pretty much all stayed up front. Uh, Mo Donegal, it was a horse that was coming off of a layoff. Yes, he had everything his own way, but Mo Donegal barely caught him. And to me, that was because of Rosario's ride. Any other kind of a trip, Mo Donegal doesn't get there. Zandon had to make his way through the horses, had to make his trip, and did it by open length. So to me, that's where the difference is. Zandon visually looked a lot more impressive. Mo Donegal was just like, come on, come on. I still stand by the statement that horse will be. It could be a Grade One potential winner if he puts blinkers on. I think that horse just needs blinkers to focus. Him more better position early, and then when he's grinding, at least he's you know at the front grinding when they start doing it.
0: Well, question for you: Which race do you think comes back better long term in two months? Which race was better, the Wood or the Bluegrass? The Wood. Interesting. Okay. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think it's the Bluegrass. Okay. Um, but the problem is, like after the top three, I guess there's really not much we're seeing here. And it's the same thing in the Wood. It's like it's and I, okay. I guess this is my other part. I think Smile Happy is significantly better than early voting. I guess that's the other reason why I like Zandon more I than Modonegal. Um, and you also saw Moe down in Florida not be able to get by, and I know that people will talk about this a little bit, but not be able to get by um, simplification, and then White of Barrio not really closing on him uh, in the final use. So I've got other issues on, on the Moe train there too.
1: I'll go back to the chat here real quick before we move on. Uh, Ron agrees with you. He thinks uh, Zandon's got tactical speed. Uh, Charles, is there anyone in the country riding better than Pratt? No, but thank you for asking, Charles. I appreciate that.
0: Uh, I mean, if our, so Benny South Street, the, the guy on Twitter, was tracking Pratt all weekend. And we're talking like 17 to 1, second, 2 to 1, first. It was, it was very, very impressive what Pratt was able to do. And the fact that the, some of the mounts that he was getting tells you he's going to get very good mounts in New York as well. Like If if I could get a future wager on Pratt winning the Saratoga jockey title, I would bet it right now if you gave me anything over 3 to 1. <laughs> Even over 2 to 1, I'd take it. <laughs>
1: Uh, rattle and roll, man. I, 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 that's it. I, this was it, me, Mike. I said, I, this was my one chance. My one time betting rattle and roll this year, uh, in, in a prep race was this spot. And he, he, he didn't run bad. It wasn't bad, but he's not, look where he was at. I mean, well, well here's the thing. He was four wide,
0: four wide, and he closed and no one else really closed. I, I don't think his race was bad at all. If you look at what he did, I mean, he came from 11th and got to sixth. The people in front of him at the half mile were sixth, second, first, and third. And then Zandon, who ran out like was able to do it all. Uh, so I, I don't think that this was that bad of an effort from around I think it's better than what it looks on paper.
1: Uh, <laughs> this is pretty, I love this. Uh, I'll go to that one and say, listen, we've got the San Anita Derby to talk about here next. That's why I was giggling about because we've got Taiba, and, yeah. uh, this is going to be just so exciting to talk about Mike. listen, personal feelings aside, what this horse did is historically like impressive. It's never been done before winning the San Anita Derby in his second career start. Um, but like Chris says, we're rooting for Taiba. <laughs> I am. I. I can This was. I don't even care that it was a Baffert that won because it could have been one of the other ones that did it, and I would have been okay. I just. I can't stand this owner. I can't stand it. But anyways, let's watch the replay here. Uh, Taiba from post six is going to set a nice tracking spot, and we weren't sure what was going to happen with him, Mike, because he just that one career uh, race. It was six furlongs, and he had to be pushed a little bit to stay engaged early. So uh, he's going to stay with Forbidden Kingdom here initially, but. Um, what did you initially, at this point in the race, what are you thinking?
0: Well, I thought this was a match race at this point in the race. I, I thought this wasn't the best trip for Tyba. I was being strung five wide essentially here because of the, because forbidden kingdom was on in the three path. Essentially. Um, I thought that Tyba's best chance was to be where Messier is, to be honest with you. And that, you have the two of the you have Forbidden Kingdom and Taiba up front and then Messier tracking in third and trying to stalk. And mm-hmm. Taiba goes back past Forbidden Kingdom and then has to hold off Messier. And, and we have the exact opposite play out here where Messier goes goes past Forbidden Kingdom and, and has to try and hold off Taiba here. Um Look, this is this is a monster effort because they didn't exactly go slow. 46.63, that's going to be the fourth fastest half mile going into the Derby. Uh, and that's from Messier with Forbidden Kingdom no longer in the Derby. So Messier is the fourth fastest there with two of them coming out of Sunland who are faster. So I almost want to throw, draw a line through the two of them. So Messier is going to be forwardly placed. So they're, they're cooking. They're moving along. And what impressed me most about Taiva here, is that Messier doesn't come back to Taiba. Taiba goes by Messier, and, and that to me was awfully impressive. First time going around two turns. First time against winners. I, I Just tons of upside from here. Now the, the big question is, was this too much too soon, right? Is this a, an effort that you're going to bounce off of for your Taiba? Because this is monstrous.
1: I want to bring up, what, right here in the stretch, watch Messier, because I have seen this comment or this question. See, he hits him. He's already hit him once. Horse isn't really responding. Remember, Sandy, they got a whip rule. Hits him again, hits him again, hits him again. We're at the sixteenth pole. He didn't give up on him. but don't ever. T- I mean, I'm not gonna. I'm not singling you out specifically with the comments are there, but uh, no, that horse was absolutely. Hey, today Google checked a billion passwords. That's pretty great, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, the, the point is, listen. That Johnny Velasquez does not stop trying on Messi until the, the shadow of the wire when he realized Ty was fucking gone and there's. The 10 lengths to the next horse like there's no point in keep hitting him so um what both of those horses did I thought was was very good out of this race
0: I, I 100% agree and I, I think that you know I don't think that they stopped he stopped trying on Messi I think Tyba just went by and that that, that that Tyba was better down the lane it's not like they went slow either when you look at the internal fractions and this is something I care a lot about is how fast did you go at the end of these longer races especially the ones right before the prep and when you look at those incremental pace numbers, uh, Taiba came home in 12.43. Messier came home in 12.98. That's faster than any of the other preps in the last furlong. So the fact that they were cruising out there and able to be faster than, than I think everybody else did. did uh, I'm sorry, Zanin did go faster, 12.32. So Zanin was the fastest and, and Tyba was going to be second fastest. So that's pretty awesome.
1: Oh, you talking about from the weekend. Yes. yes. Epicenter's got the fastest. He averaged for the final 316s 12 and a quarter, 12.23. I checked earlier today. Epicenter fucking cooked in the Louisiana Derby in hand while Taiba had to be hit a few times, I will remind you.
0: I know. You love I'm Epicenter. I'm just
1: saying. Listen, we'll forget that. We're, not, we're not to that point. We've just got to focus on Taiba here. I'm, I'm trying to get ahead of myself already. Um, Yes, it was an impressive ride by Mike Smith. Mike Smith said uh, on the backstretch that he felt the horse just come off the bridle and just relax. And he's like, what horse does that in a second start in the grade one, San Anita Derby? Uh, Mike Smith did everything well. And, and Chris says Taiba uh, traveling very, very well in this spot. Um, boy, th- there's, this is what race where there's going to be split opinions. I can see it in the comments section. <laughs> hope Taiba. Gets- there's so many. I hope Taiba gets the rail draw <laughs> comments that I've seen today. I love it. Um,
0: well, there's, there's all these people that have future wagers that were so excited, and then Taiba comes in and just wrecks them. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, you know, it, it, you just – and we'll get to this in a second, and we'll talk about fair odds and what we think they are. We're going to go over our derby top five. It's one of the reasons we're not specifically talking about where we have these horses ranked. But um, this is one where, like, look, if you got all others, congratulations. <laughs> like, the all other three-year-old button is the one you wanted right now.
1: Let me just put it that way. Yeah, the 18 to 1. Everyone's like, oh, all the derby horses are here. And Tyba comes in and goes, yeah, that, yeah. Was, uh, uh, that was great. Um, <laughs> that last quarter was Barry Bonds hitting 70 homers. A very impressive effort. Um, I, All right, so we like him. We both. I will say that, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to be stupid and say he has zero chance of winning the derby. I think he does. Um, Messier, moving so. forward to the derby. Good decision. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, Messier, both of these horses deserve to be in the top five betting choices. We'll see where they end up uh, when it comes Derby Day. I I think it's look the fact that you've had some horses defect and the fact that Messier is this fast. Messier could set the pace in the Derby, which makes him ultra dangerous if that happens, Um, because I do think that Messier is naturally faster than a lot of the other horses that are left in the Derby. And the last thing, like having a Yaffert on the lead in the Derby is dangerous for betting anybody else.
1: So do you think? But that's the thing. I maybe that's partially why I'm I'm so lukewarm on Tyba for the Derby. Is he's not? I don't see him leading at all. I mean, he did. He definitely didn't lead here. And uh, unless Mike, you know, quarter horses him out of the gate, I don't know that he or gets he gets a really great draw. I don't know that he's leading the Kentucky Derby. Do you? Oh, Tyba,
0: no way. Tyba's not going to be in the lead. But Tyba clearly. Oh, you're talking about Meske.
1: I'm sorry. Yeah. I thought you were talking about Tyba.
0: No, Tyba showed that he can clearly stalk and pounce and, and gonna right. sit a perfect trip in the Derby and has the tactical speed to be as close as he wants to be. So um yeah, in, in that sense to me, I, I thought that Tyba that has a nice edge there. But Messier, I think, may set the lead the pace in the Derby now. I wouldn't be shocked if that's the case, where Messier goes out and says, catch me if you can. And and uh, like I said, any any Gafford horse on the front end, we've learned the last couple of years is ultra dangerous.
1: Yeah, John Velasquez learned with Medina's spirit save, save the ground, get to the front and uh and hold on to your nuts because you're probably going to do it yeah aaron hey aaron aaron says messier is probably gonna be on the lead too uh we say this a lot that draw is really freaking important so uh and hey chris or i'm sorry not chris davy brings it up uh, last year second place San Diego derby medina spirit to rock your world and it goes and wins the kentucky derby so um we'll see what we'll see what happens all right do you want to talk about derby top five are you ready for that discussion
0: oh let's do it baby <laughs> it's
1: fine. It's not too bad. Uh, go ahead. I'll let you go first. Who do you who would you have number five?
0: All right, number five was actually the toughest spot for me. Um, I'm going to put Zandon in the fifth. I think I think he, he to me is the, the logical fifth choice right now. Uh, I, I don't know if I'm going to include Zandon in on any of my tickets because I don't know if the price is going to be right. But I think that with Pratt with tactical speed and the closing kick that we saw at at uh, Keeneland this weekend, I'll put I'll put Zandon in the fifth spot.
1: Uh, I have him on my board, but he is actually not fifth. I have him higher. I have a horse that we just saw there and probably might still be on yours is Messier. Um, I think that I'm not ready to give up on this horse. I think that, uh, I don't love him, but he is a, still a Baffert, right? And he's got John Velasquez and I saw somebody else, uh, mention it earlier, but who else is Baffert going to put on a derby horse right now than Velasquez, right? Mike Smith picks up tie because it's kind of available. Um, but yeah, definitely, um, I definitely think Messier still deserves to be discussed in the top five. If he's not on your top five, I still think he needs to make it. But is he on your top five?
0: Uh, well, you'll find out, man. We're not there I, yet. I was
1: leaving, like, I'm sorry. Is he number four?
0: No, he's not number four. Okay. Number four... Is way to Barrio. Um, I've been high on this horse. I had him as my derby winner going into the Florida Derby. He did nothing to disappoint me except the time came back slower. And I feel like we've seen a couple efforts that are a little bit better than his last time. I still think he's a deserving favorite. I still think he can win the derby. I think any of the top four that I'm going to mention can win the derby right now. They're the only four that I'm currently that interested in pre-draw. We'll see what happens with the draw because... I wasn't on Medina Spirit before that draw, and I sure as heck was afterwards. So we'll see what happens when we actually get to see the draw. But right now I'm going to put White Abario number four, and he's the first one of the four that I think can win the Derby.
1: I'm going to put Zandon number four. Uh, I think that with Flavian Pratt being aboard and this now being his Derby horse, uh, Aaron did a great job, by the way, at our YouTube channel, YouTube.com slash Racing Dudes. You can check out Aaron's latest top five, and he brings up a great point about Flavian Pratt that when he got on Country House, a horse that usually came from way far back, Pratt's a very tactical rider, and he knows where to put a horse. If he has the tactical speed, he can maneuver. We saw ex- right? Um, Mike described it expertly in the replay we are watching earlier, how he can weave horses around. So with a good post position, with a good break, Flavien Pratt could have that horse a little closer. And if you're going on the back stretch, and you suddenly see Zandins in like fifth or sixth instead of 16th, you're like, shit, Pratt's on that horse. And that is why he's number four.
0: Yeah, I, I, he, he Pratt adds a new dimension, and, and the fact that he shuffled that race doesn't mean that that's what he's going to do in the Derby. We've seen him closer to the to the pace in other prep races, so I do think Zane's got a decent shot there. Number three, now you find Messier. I've got Messier sitting at number three on my rankings. Uh, I think this this horse has a legit shot at winning the Derby. deserves to be, you know, in that seven, eight to one range, most likely. And I think is going to be your pace in the Derby, which makes him all the dangerous. The fact that forbidden kingdom is out um, and, and the fact that we have a couple of other, these our classic causeway is out. who I think were two horses that were likely to set the pace now, not in the race. I think messier kind of picks up that mantle. And anytime you have a Yafford or a Baffert or whatever you want to call this horse on the lead, you, you got to respect it.
1: I don't hate how, uh, where you place him in that spot. I like I mentioned, I think he's got a shot to make the Derby. Um, back in 2018, Uh, there was the whole issue with justify and should he have been in the San needed Derby, should have won the senior derby right because he had the positive test and if he shouldn't have been in that then he should have been in the kentucky derby and if he hadn't been in the kentucky derby mike chad brown and jose ortiz would have a kentucky derby win on their mantle however they don't this might be the year they change that i actually have early voting number three i think i actually have that high of an opinion of early voting after what i saw this is a son of gunrunner uh, is he pretty good as a sire right now out of his hair down there? So we know distance is very much what this horse wants to do. Um, loves the dirt. He's very forwardly placed, uh, or, I'm oh, sorry, that's a terrible way to say that he has a, a very high time form us, uh, pace figure there. Uh, it was one thirty four uh, going into the wood Memorial. That was a race that he was coming off. If of. he hadn't raced since February, I wasn't expecting the best effort from him here. We saw a great progression from his debut at Aqueduct going a mile. For 76 buyer to the withers gets an 87 beats Unojo, horse that ends up winning the rebel stakes um didn't have a good shot in there against the derby so we don't know what he could have done there and then almost beats mo Donagle despite you know the long layoff now you can conversely argue he had everything his own way and still lost that race that's fair but jose ortiz speed horse chad brown the the breeding to me gun runner of now mayor i don't think people are giving this horse enough credit and i think i might get a decent price especially since zandon won a prep race i think that horse can take a lot more chad brown money
0: yeah you're gonna get a good price um i don't think you can win but you're gonna get a good price i, I th- like. <laughs> i have a problem with him losing that race to mo like mo is not gonna be on my list i'm not gonna be betting mo on derby day um right now that's the plan at least not because i'm not <laughs> gonna officially say that but right now mo no thanks and if I'm no thanks, I'm And early voting got everything his own way in the wood. I mean, everything his own way, got a soft pace, was able to do it easily, had no one within two lengths from him turning for home, and was still caught by a horse that I'm not going to use. And I don't think is fast enough to make the lead, which means we're going to have to try and do something else in the Derby. Now, if he draws the two posts in the Derby, then we can change this because then you're going to gun out of the gate and try and make the lead. Whereas if he ends up drawing like the 15 or the 16, he's in a, a world of hurt. So um, I, I'm, I'm going to pass on early voting. I, I thought this was his chance to prove himself in the wood, and I don't think he did it.
1: But I didn't even think about this, but Sean, this is a great point. If the race is in the slop, early voting, we thought good magic was bred for the slop. Good Lord, gun runner tis now.
0: There's a lot of horses that are bred for the slop Actually, that makes you the good. Derby gate, though. Because you think about okay, let's talk about who are the best sires in the world? Into Mischief, loves the mud, Gunrunner, loves the mud, Run Happy, right now, loves the mud. Like you have some
1: Giants of Causeway, these,
0: yeah, yeah, Giants Causeway. Um, I, I, the, what's the other the Not uh, this a, time,
1: son of Giants Causeway, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a
0: ton of them out there that, that are all just love off tracks, and because of that. I don't think that an off-track is necessarily going to hinder a lot of these horses, but I also don't think it means that, like, oh, this horse is going to run huge because of it. I think that it's much more of an even playing field because of how good all the sires are that we're seeing as the top sires in the world also happen to be good off-track sires.
1: Before we get going here, I just want to remind you, Mike, that I do love you and appreciate you as a friend and a podcast co-host. So go ahead. Who do you have, number two?
0: Number two epicenter i i can't put him number one right now and i have to put him at number two look he was very good down in louisiana i still don't know how good that louisiana crop is and that like we haven't had much cross-pollination here with the different crops, so it's it's tough to really judge who is good based on who everyone else's face so we're kind of a little a little more shaking up the box and kind of dropping out who you like here epicenter to me has been the, the most consistent horse has the correct uh, set up where, where we saw him stalk last time out. And you're going to probably talk a lot more about epicenter here in a second. Cause I would be shocked if he's not your number one horse, um, but he it's, it's, he can make his own trip. He doesn't need the lead, but he, if he ends up in it, he's just fine there too. He's got a ton of heart. Doesn't like getting passed down the lane has a good closing kick. I mean, he's got all of those boxes that you check from that perspective. Um, you got Rosario on board. So he quality jockey Ashton knows what he's doing. Like you got everything that you'd want. Uh, I just don't think he's the most talented horse right now and we'll get to that in a second magic who is in your two spot
1: um i have in my two spot probably the most raw talented horse in the crop uh is Taiba. I, I don't think you look at that any other way um it's a son of gun runner who cost 1.7 million dollars i stabled the damn horse up back when uh <laughs> so funny uh i'll get to that comment in a second uh, i i i I stabled this horse up when he was purchased because I went, holy fuck, a gun runner. First crop gun runner went for $1.7 million and that's going to Baffert and it's the guy that owns Medina Spirit. And then all the shit that happened afterwards. But personal feelings aside, what this horse did, historic, impressive, cannot uh, knock you for, for loving this horse. Um, my question marks, I guess I should say, uh, for why I have him number two, um, I can go into, I won't, but I could go into about who is he beaten because uh, Messier has beaten Forbidden Kingdom twice. And then lost to slow down Andy, who's looked like trash. Forbidden Kingdom beat a bunch of Baffert horses that have looked like trash since that spot. So I have a lot of question marks about the quality there, but the way he did it does not matter. The way that he like shot past Messi. And by the way, the way that Messi won the Robert B. Lewis, he beat a bunch of trash horses there. It was still really impressive. So um, I have questions about what's going to happen when he gets on the big stage, when he goes you know, a mile and a quarter. But... There are, there are question marks about things that are just – all he has to do is prove it. It's not something I can point to and go see that's a problem right there. That's, the problem is on the, is on the paper, and that is really just worthless.
0: Yeah, and that's, that's why he's my number one horse. I, like, I, I don't see – to me, there's no way you could not like, – the only horse you could possibly argue to me would be ranked ahead of him as epicenter. I don't think it fits because, look, Messi is a top three horse in this crop, and he just dusted him first time going two turns, first time going long. We've seen all these other horses progress and get better and better. We don't know how good Taiba is yet. That, to me, is like one of the scariest parts about this is that, look, we're, Epicenter's run three off the layoff. We've kind of seen that progression, right? We've seen horses like uh, Modonegal go through that progression, like Zandon go through that progression. We haven't seen Taiba get to that progression point yet. You're about to see what lo- logically is going to be his best race of his three-year-old career, his third off the layoff, third start. This is supposed to be how you prep horses, according to Baffert, according to Brown, according to uh, Pletcher. like, this is what you do is you go A, B, C, and C is the Derby, C is the best race, C is when you're fully cranked. If that wasn't fully cranked, if that was scraping the bottom of the barrel, we, like, everyone's in trouble. Tyba could dominate this race. And I think that that the other problem is, if you go back and you watch the Santa Anita Derby, Tyba breaks really well and then sits. Taiba has tactical speed. Taiba can break. Taiba was on the lead sprinting in a 45 second half. So it's not, it, it, but now we know Taiba can also rate. And that was my biggest question going into the San Diego Derby. It was yours biggest for Epicenter going into the Louisiana Derby was can we actually rate? And the answer is yes on Taiba. And that makes that horse even scarier to me. So uh, right now, Taiba is my pick. And, and the thing with Taiba is like, as long as Taiba doesn't draw like the one, the horse is pretty dangerous from any post
1: it's one or what's the other 17 is the one no horse has ever won the kentucky derby from post 17 i think is what that one is um so it's kind of like the like the other bad luck spot yeah there's i what i love is that right now like the number one battle for for you and i for everyone at racingdudes.com, for a lot of people who know what the hell they're talking about it's the connections of gunrunner winchell thoroughbred steve asmussen Versus a son of Gunrunner. If you're a, a if you own Gunrunner, like if this if you're worthy, I forget where you're standing right now. But if you're the Stallion Farm, I'll uh, let us know. We'd love to have you sponsor. Uh, but if you're that Stallion Farm, you're like, I don't care. We're gonna win. That this is amazing. I absolutely yeah. love what's what's happening with uh, with the Kentucky Derby right now. It's a good look
0: a gun runner is having a heck of a, a heck of a season i mean he's, he's been absolutely awesome from a sire perspective good first out good early precociousness in these horses you're seeing them win early and then you're seeing them win a distance you're seeing him win sprints i mean gun runner has been been very impressive and even done well in the turf which i thought was kind of random that you've seen a lot of gun runners try turf second and third time out and have success
1: i'm loving all the star wars talking here <laughs> epicenter is luke skywalker the only hope against the evil baffert empire and then jl responds no there is another. Uh, I would love to. <laughs> JL, tell us who you think is the other one. I'll, this is uh, this is killing it. Um, and then Alex brought up, would Magic be able to stand up on a show if Pratt was on Epicenter? Listen, it's all I can do to sit up when it's Joel Rosario writing Epicenter. Uh, the the answer is no. No, if, if, if Pratt has to write Epicenter, we're not doing a live show at least, not one that I'm on.
0: Magic would lose it.
1: I'd lose it. I lose. I'd be a nervous. I'd be I'd be slim at the right before the Breeders' Cup Classic, chain smoking on the roof of my apartment building, just going crazy. Yeah, absolutely up there. Let's go back through the chat. Uh, sorry, I'm sorry. I didn't actually say epicenter is my number one.
0: We know epicenter is your number one. I'm sorry.
1: There be, there's no. I don't really have anything else to say. I thought you. you we we've, we've covered him pretty well. Um, for me, it's an experience versus an experience. I've proven versus unproven. Known versus unknown. But it's going to make for a hell of a lot of content. Uh, Mike, real quick, before we get out of here, we got the Kentucky Oaks races to talk about as well. Uh, First off, let's go talk about Friday's uh, grade one Ashland Stakes at Keeneland kicking off the day. Uh, And this is one of the few races it seems like Flavian Pratt didn't win because he wasn't on a horse. Uh, I say if you want to win this race, you put Flavian Pratt on it. But however, Ness gets the job done for Todd Fletcher, uh, Irad Ortiz Jr., uh, a daughter of Curlin, out of an ap indy mare the exact same breeding as malathat who won this race last year for Pletcher, goes off and wins the kentucky oaks as well um i if you didn't see the replay uh reaction at our channel apparently i went a little crazy i didn't think i was too overboard about it. apparently i was very excited i do love this philly a lot so that's why i was excited but uh you didn't hit play mike what did you think about nest uh,
0: i thought nest was awesome in this race um and I didn't. I thought Ness was good going into this race. I didn't think Ness was this good going into this race. Um, and, and this is one of those where you kind of you watch it and you're like, all right, now what can I take out of this? What should I take out of this? Where do I kind of want to rank Ness? And I, uh, to me, the Oaks is I love the Derby and the Derby is super interesting. The Oaks might be a more interesting race though because of who you have that is going to line up into that gate and who we're going to see. Uh, I mean, Ness you just added to the list of, of a just another very strong contender in a race that it has a ton of strong contenders already.
1: I just want to sit back and watch nest. No, this is beautiful. Um, I, we don't have to talk too much about this race because uh, I thought that she was kind of a standout, uh, among the other horses, the other one you could possibly consider was Interstate Daydream, who's setting the pace uh, for Brad Cox. And she had a pressure pace, and Happy Soul was the stretch out sprinter for Wesley Ward, um, who ends up fading to sixth, whereas Interstate Daydream misses second by a nose. So Interstate Daydream could be interesting next out. I think we learned that she's not that elite. She's not, she dares the devil, which Brad Cox has had. She's, uh, uh, she dares the devil this year. <laughs> she's not, she dares the devil at three. She's the devil at five. And that's okay. You can still win a lot of races with her.
0: Yeah, look, the the performance was pretty good. You had cocktail moments who came up and and went second, a photo for second here. But really, it's just Nest and everybody else. And that's kind of what we we learned in this spot. Um, I think that there are some other good options in here long term, like maybe, you know, the the, the Ohio Derbies and the the West Virginia Derbies for the Philly side. Those are horses. Those are spots where I think you're going to see some of these horses win races. But uh, the only one that that really matters in the Oaks is the one that's currently rolling away from this field. Uh, and doing so very, very impressively. Now, again, the time isn't wonderful here. You know, as Magic skips home, this horse is skipping home in 25 seconds. So not well, not. She smiling, just but that, but still, a very, very impressive performance here from Nesta, and one that I'm looking forward to seeing on, on the first Saturday, Friday in May.
1: She made that look like a like a trampoline there. <laughs> she really was jumping in the air. Uh, yeah, I, I love Ness. Not much more to talk about from that one moving forward. Uh, we'll head back to San Anita on Saturday. We had the great two San Anita Oaks, and this one was the biggest surprise of the entire weekend. Uh, for me, Mike, because of Dari Manor, a horse that I had number one once she was with Tim Yakteen, As far as the Kentucky Oaks goes, well, suddenly she's not even possibly in the Kentucky Oaks picture because she misses by a neck to, to – hang on. Yeah, no, that's yeah. right. That says Desert Dawn. Okay. All right. So she misses to Desert Dawn. Um, yeah, I don't really know. I, I don't know what to think about that. Like, did she, did she, and ain't easy. They didn't really, they went fast, but I didn't think they really cooked each other out that out, out that badly. No,
0: she just slowed down a lot. I mean, that's what you saw. You get 110 for six furlongs. They go 136 for the mile. That's 26.1 seconds for two furlongs there. That's awfully slow. Um, and, and then they come home in seven here, and that's why Desert Dawn is able to get the job done and, and pull what was by far the biggest upset in any of the press we saw this weekend.
1: I'm going to go get my dogs real quick. I don't know what they're barking at. I'm home alone. So um,
0: yeah.
1: you well, I'll, talk the- about,
0: I'll talk about this real quick because I think this is pretty interesting. Um, so, yeah, we'll throw the replay on here so that you can, you can see um, – uh, Desert Dawn rundown on Dare Manor late. But, yeah, the Oaks Derby double, I think, is shaping up to be wildly interesting. Uh, Aaron brought this up here on the chat. We've got Luis Saez, who's now going to step up, and Beyond Secret Oath. Uh, I think that makes Secret Oath really interesting. It was Secret Oath was a horse that I thought was going to get overbet in the Oaks, and I still think it's probably going to be a little bit overbet because of what she did in the Arkansas Derby against the boys and now switching over. But you've got Nest. You've got Kathleen O. You've got Echo Zulu, who are all going to take a lot of money. It's going to be interesting to see if we, if we see a Dare Manor in here. After this race, I'm not really in love with her as she tried to press the pace here and was able to get caught late. Um, So uh, this, to me, is one of those races or one of those doubles I think is setting up to be really interesting when we talk about this Oaks Derby double because you are not going to have a standout favorite in either race. So when you have a a competitive race, it's probably going to be 10 to 12 horses on the Oaks side, followed by a competitive race, which is probably going to be 20 horses on the Derby side. There's going to be a ton of value. I'm picking the, the, the double. Like Right now, if I could, I would lock in Kathleen O and Taiba in the double. Um, those would be the two that I'm interested in. I wonder if you get like 25-30-1 on that, which would be wild. You might even get more than that, which is crazy to me that, that you could get that good of a payout for this bet. Uh,
1: uh, it's a good pause or a good break there because right here, if you're watching live, the uh, you see Desert Dawn just kind of roll right up. Uh, an Arizona bread who I think costs 15,000 uh, shekels. I think that's the currency in Arizona. And, uh, yeah, just rolls right up on, on the diary Manor. Um, the one horse that I'll give an ex- a slight excuse for, Under the Stars stumbled pretty badly when she broke. I didn't catch it when we were watching live, but I saw it on the replay. Um, give her a slight break, but otherwise, these are California well, dirt horses. That's, that's all they are. Let's talk
0: a little bit about that California thing, Magic. Because we know you love California racing, right? I used to. Okay, we, we know you've been biased toward California horses for a long time. Yes. Um, the Phillies weren't good last year the Phillies, the males were very good last year yes i think we're in the exact same boat yes i just don't think that these are very good horses so like you were high on a dare manner going into this i was kind of like yeah well she's probably the best horse in the race uh but Definitely i think
1: she's the best horse in the race but that's not a that's a whew, low bar. yeah
0: I, I don't think she, i she wouldn't have been in my try going into the the oaks going into this race. So it's, to me, it's interesting here. Like, okay, now I think we can completely leave her off, but I'm out on California Phillies period right now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Here's the list of the, uh, the finishers there. Nothing good. (laughs) There's no, there's there's nothing good in that. Uh, all right. So based on that lovely note, let's head over to Aqueduct, the final race of the uh, entire weekend. As far as the preps went, uh, the gazelle stakes here and nostalgic getting the job done for, uh, trainer, Bill Mott, jockey Jose Ortiz, and, uh, Walk me through what you thought about this race, Venti Valentine. I, I really thought that she might have it until the end there.
0: Uh, this was interesting to me because I thought, like, of all the preps at least the Philly ones, there were five or six horses I thought could win this race going into the stretch. I thought Venti Valentine was going to, to roll, and Venti Valentine was one of those horses I was much more interested in the Oaks going into this race than coming out of this race. It looks like she just got tired with the distance. Uh, nostalgic, able to come up the rail and kind of grind this out. It wasn't really a turn of foot. It was more of a just kind of continuing to press and go and go and go and eventually able to get the job done. Um, I don't think I want anybody out of this one in the Oaks, though. I think this just... It, the horse that you would have wanted in the Oaks is Venti Valentine, right? She was the one that that could have like stamped the the hey, I'm a player here. And and I just she just doesn't. I mean, th- this again is one of those situations where she makes the lead, she doesn't really get that much pace pressure. You've got classy addition sitting outside of her, but not really pressing. You've got Divine Huntress going three wide and then nostalgia just sitting in that that perfect, you know, pocket trip, where just able to kind of come up the rail and get the job done. I actually thought Divine Huntress had a huge shot turning for home and she ended up flattening out. Um, but yeah to me this was whether or not venti valentine was a star and we found out she's not
1: yeah we were rooting for uh i still think she's a really great philly i just don't yeah she's not the kentucky oaks threat that we thought possibly she was nostalgic if you forgive the fact that she wins on debut and goes straight into the mile and eighth demoiselle to face nest and venti valentine and magic circle who all by the way won next out out of that race uh she's three wins on dirt and three starts. So pretty good Philly. Uh, She doesn't have that that wow factor that makes me go, yeah, I want a player to win the Kentucky Oaks. But I think she's definitely a hit-the-board candidate. She's got tactical speed. She can sit off or sit a little bit closer. And I think if you want a player to hit the board, she's also not really getting much steam right now.
0: Yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, I just... You watch this race back they went 49 and change and they go 114 so they're not really going very quick up front compared to what we just saw in the 2346 out of california so uh, like i don't see any of these horses setting the pace in the derby these are going to all have to sit from off it and then or in the oaks sit off it and see what they can do and like i mean i just i watch this race and i think about kathleen owen if she was in this race how much they would look like they're standing still right now because they just ran a 138 mile and it looks like they're all exhausted (laughs)
1: I uh, Just for shits and giggles, I, after watching all the replays again this morning, I went, I'm going to go back and watch Kathleen O uh, in her last race. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's not – oh, my God. If, uh, let's just go right into it, Mike. Let's talk about our top five of the Kentucky Oaks. we got to talk about our girl in a second here. But go ahead. Who do you have number five on your Kentucky Oaks list?
0: Oh, man. Okay, number five. I'm going to put Echo Zulu at number five. Um, I, I think she's she's obviously – undefeated but i have a couple question marks coming out of that last race uh down down in new orleans so I, i'm gonna throw echo zulu in the fifth spot right now but she's she could be tough on the lead if she's able to get it
1: shahama i know you love speaking. shahama man you well, love shahama so here's the thing at this point i've got it down to i think two possibly three horses can win the kentucky Oaks. so if you're not in my top three i'm just kind of throwing you on there I'm throwing Shahama on there because we don't know what the hell she is, and we know everything else, and we don't really like much of what else we've seen. I haven't seen Shahama in America. Todd Pletcher's got her. Todd Pletcher has a filly who's definitely high on my list. So, yeah, Shahama, number five, the horse from Dubai. Why not?
0: All alright right. All right. I, I'll, I'll, I'll respect it. Uh, I'm going to go Hidden Connection, number four. The horse that lost Echo Zulu last time, uh, I was high on Hidden Connection. The Breeders' Cup stumbles out of the break. I uh, kind of got off Hidden Connection a little bit, but I love that last race. She was grinding down Echo Zulu. She, I think Hidden Connection is better suited for the distance, so I'm going to take Hidden Connection in the four spot.
1: I did consider her for uh, the fact that she lost Echo Zulu for me is ultimately. Why I couldn't do it. But you know what? Don't worry, Mr. Guitar. Neither of us forgot Echo Zulu. Like Dave Barista, I'll also take Echo Zulu for a dollar at number four. Mike, you brought up great points. I like that she's going to be second off of the layoff from the Fairgrounds Oaks. and She didn't regress from a buyer speed figure standpoint to the point that you're like, oh, that was terrible. She showed heart. She showed determination. We haven't had to see that from her before. We got to see it when there were excuses for her to lose that race, and she didn't. I'm going to take Echo Zulu fourth.
0: I mean, this is to me like one of the more interchangeable. People could make legitimate arguments for six horses, six or seven fillies, and I wouldn't tell you you're you're crazy. Like I think there's a lot. I think there's more Oaks competitors than there are Derby competitors on the win spot. Um, Number three, I'm gonna go. This is tough. I'm gonna go Ness. Number three. I I thought she was very impressive there, winning uh, the Ashland to Keeneland. I I thought she looked great, stalking, be able to do it. The time came back pretty good, and she looked visually impressive. So give me Ness at number three.
1: I have secret oath number three here for Dwayne Lucas. Uh, I don't know if you talked about that when I stepped away for a second, but I saw Aaron brought it up in the comments. Luis Saez is taking over for Luis Contreras, so one, one Luis to another uh, for secret oath. Luis Saez, no knock on Contreras. Luis Saez, one of the best dirt jockeys, one of the best jockeys of definitely on dirt uh, in the country. So. I don't have any issue with that. I think it's a major upgrade. It's a nice move. However, I do still have concerns about her running style in terms of winning the Kentucky Oaks. I think she needs to be more forwardly placed, but you are getting a jockey that loves to be forwardly placed in size. So, Secret Oath, number three with room to grow.
0: I'm going to go number two, so I'll just piggyback on that. Piggyback on that. Secret Oath, I think, is, is going to get a much better trip than we saw, we saw in the Arkansas Derby, where she was three wide, three wide, didn't get sent properly. I think Luis Saez is going to put her in play early. And reserve that one big run for when it's needed, not for when you're passing everybody on the turn. Um, <laughs> so I, I feel like you're going to see Secreto take a monster step forward. We've never seen her lose to the girls. She she didn't do anything wrong in the Arkansas Derby. Cyberknife ran a big race in that spot. It's a horse we haven't talked about much, but we probably should. Uh, getting love on the in the futures odds pool also has the fastest half mile outside of Slowdown Andy in the last preps, the fastest opening half mile in the last preps was Cyberknife. So I thought that was interesting as well. Should be a pace player. Um, all that being said, yeah, get back to secret. Oath. I, I think she's going to run better uh, in the Oaks. And we saw her run in the Arkansas Derby, which makes her a major player.
1: Number two, I have Ness. So you and I flip flop number are three and two there. And like you said, Mike, it's very interchangeable whether you could have well, plenty of horses to make a case for, but, uh she is definitely a horse that i nest is a horse i believe for sure can win the kentucky oaks some questions about secret oath but there's still time for me to be proven wrong on that nest love the breeding year if you're watching the live show you just heard me wax poetic about the breeding but the connections there's really nothing that i don't love about her other than maybe the fact that she's not a super fast horse early but with the way that the pace set up sliding up in the kentucky oaks right now that's a good thing mike so i've got nest number two
0: and number one should we just do it
1: let's do it Throw up oh, the O, baby! Oh,
0: <laughs> Kathleen uh, O, my God. She's been my pick for literally months, and I am not going to get off the Kathleen O train now. Uh, I've been talking about this horse ever since she won the Devona Dale, actually, before she won the Devona Dale, because I told you better in the Devona Dale. Uh, I am going to stay right on this this Kathleen O train right until it pulls into the station of Winters Central on the first Friday of May.
1: <sighs> Shug McGee McGahee won this race once before 1993. Do you know who the horse was? No. I I forgot it. I had, I asked somebody to tell us that. You, earlier. Can't, no, you can't ask a it was, question. Not I the say answer. the horse's name was dispute. I want to say that was
0: <laughs>
1: unbelievable. Sorry, let me look. I I realized as I was, it was dispute. Okay. Yeah. Um. I wanted. It, I was like. I was asking, and then I went. Shit. I forgot it. I don't know. Is it a dispute? <laughs> yeah. If you want to know
0: why we're so high on Kathleen, go back and watch these replays. I mean, specifically the last one, the Devona Dale, she's ultra professional, doesn't get any room and then able to kind of split and make a move and get to the top. She's got a turf turn of foot on the dirt. And then you watch the last race in Florida where essentially what she's done, like Castellano is told, just don't get her in trouble. She goes three wide, three wide beats a pretty good horse and got us a fire. gets the job done there and does it without really being asked, just kind of rolls right on by and does it faster than the boys did later. So like, to me, Kathleen O is just all systems go, and, and I hope she gets the trip first Friday of May because she's going to be the one I'm on.
1: <laughs> Last word here from Vinny, Kathleen O overall in the exact. There you go. That's the play. We love Kathleen O. Uh, absolutely love it. Um, and then, hey, listen, Vashon brings up Kathleen O could be at least 8-1 to one because of other connections. And the Goldstrom Park Oaks has happened, and we've seen some other Phillies win since then. You give us 8-1, we're throwing all of our money at you right now. <laughs>
0: She's not the current favorite right now. Uh, I think it was Echo Zulu was the favorite last time I checked overseas. So, uh, I think you were getting six to one on Kathleen O overseas. And I, I don't think she's going to be the favorite race day. I, I think Secret Oath is going to be the favorite race day. I think that the, the with Sai as a board for Dwayne Lucas facing the boys last time, the narrative is just too good for that horse to not get bet uh, in that spot. So, I, I expect Kathleen O to be your favorite. I think Ness is going to take a bunch. I'm sorry, I expect. I expect Secret Oath to be your favorite. I think Kathleen, I think Ness is going to take a bunch of money. I think Echo Zoo is going to take a bunch of money. I think Hidden Connection and, and Kathleen will get overlooked. So, and to me, those are the two that you bet in the race.
1: Chris Mael, this is like perfect. His mother's <laughs> name is Kathleen. They're going to bet that. Kathleen Mael, oh, I love it. Like, it's it's literally, we're just going to, yeah, that's perfect. That's so perfect. That's awesome. I uh, love that. Uh, Kevin says we need Mike and Mike shirts, magic Mike shirts with the O instead of justify. Just, just us, just throwing up the. I could. Work. I like it.
0: Gotta get a new logo, an alt logo. Throwing up the O. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, that's our Kentucky Oaks top five. Uh, let us know in the in the chat, in the comments, what do you think? Who is in your uh, top five for this spot? Mike, this has been a great episode of the Magic Mike Show. Really appreciate everybody joining us. We've had over 100 of you watching us this entire time. We really, truly appreciate that. If you can give us a like, it would do a world of wonders for us for trying to get more attention, more people to join in. And join us in the chat. You guys were a lot of fun, and we really appreciate even people like Luis Rivas. I do it I You're do right. it people like you, Luis.
0: Yeah, you Magic's like, hey, Magic, do you know who won the World Series in 1942? Yeah, me neither. Okay, let's move on now.
1: <laughs> no, I'm really glad. Like, it was the, one of those things that I was like, why am I saying this? I don't, I think it's a dispute, but now I'm confused. And then you <laughs> asked me, and then I was like, I don't, no, no, yeah, great point.
0: Ron, uh, Ron asking about Turner Loose. Uh, any, any interest in Turner Loose in the Oaks, or do you think she's a little overmatched in this spot?
1: Yeah, overmatched. I don't like Goddess of Fire. Don't like Turner Loose. Nope.
0: I, I think Goddess of Fire could hit the board. Like if we look at if uh, part of me is like if I'm o, I am Kathleen I kind of have to have goddess of fire somewhere or, like in that middle pack because Kathleen O like, won by a couple lengths but didn't like absolutely dust her and she ran well and just got beat by a better horse. I, I think you have to respect goddess of fire
1: as well. Oh, I forgot to bring this up. Thank you so much, Steve. Kathleen O Zandon Double would put upstart stud fee through the roof next year. Both of them by Upstart. We talk about Gunner all the time. Upstart is having a hell of a hell of a year. He's got Zandon, he's got Kathleen O, uh reinvestment risk. MicroShare, who, you know, was fifth in the San Diego Oaks, but has has won a couple of races. So yeah. Or won one race.
0: We've also got, obviously, another storyline this weekend. That weekend is going to be the Japanese horses coming in. We're going to have one coming in from Dubai. Any love for – like, over under half a race will will a Japanese horse win more or less than half a race on the Friday and Saturday of Derby weekend?
1: So I love doing this stuff live because I'm like, there are 18 different ways you could have said that that were better than how you did. Uh, will you. a Japanese horse that, win yeah. on Derby weekend, is what you're asking me. Yes, uh, but
0: I said the half with the over under. I made him like, you're right. I should. Have. Will a Japanese horse win Kentucky Derby weekend? Magic. No. No. I don't know I who else
1: is coming besides Crown Pride that everybody keeps calling Crown Prince. His name is Crown Pride. Please stop calling him Crown Prince, Aaron.
0: Uh, well, I'll take the over because they're running in Tokyo, and I'm sure a Japanese horse will win there. On the same Yo. weekend. Different track. Come on, buddy. Um, yeah, no, it, 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 it'll be interesting to see who comes over. I I, I kind of agree with you. I'm not – I think Crown Prince – Crown Pride. I think Crown Pride can't be completely ignored in the Derby, but it's not someone I want on top of the Derby. I think the Crown Pride could kind of get up for that four spot somewhere in there. Could be a price that hits the board, but for me, not a Derby contender.
1: Under – Belmont over, sure, because I, I don't know what the fuck's going to happen in the Belmont, but no, not in the... And by the way, they do like to do that. They love to come over for the Derby and stay for the Belmont, so expect yep. to see him in the Belmont. Um, I, I,
0: Yeah, no, I, I I agree, and this this was interesting, too. Crown Pride did take money in the future Derby Pool 5, 501 one morning line, I think, and it closed around 20-1 to or so. Uh, I think you're going to see this horse get bet on Derby Day. I think it's actually going to be one of the bigger under, underlays, where it's getting over-bet, essentially, where... It should be 50 to 1, 40 to 1, somewhere in that range. I think you're going to see something between 15 and 20 to 1 on Crown Pride in the Derby.
1: Listen, I, I not the Derby, but if the Japanese horse wins another race, that's great. I just don't – I don't want – the, the Japanese will eventually win the Kentucky Derby. I'm not ready for it yet. We're, we're still – I still need ec, uh, um, Epicenter to do it. So. Well, if, if
0: Magic's not ready yet, we better not let it happen. Got to wait. Got to be on your timeline.
1: <laughs> Listen, magic is on the struggle bus, right? <laughs> I literally yesterday I had one of those days. You know those days as a parent where you just feel like, from the moment you wake up, you're just groggy and you, you can't ever shake it. I had five cups of coffee yesterday. I could have taken a nap at any point. It was terrible. I'm still feeling it. Yeah, when
0: when you get to the fourth cup of coffee and you don't have any energy, you should just give up. I mean, it's just over by then. You're like, oh, this, this isn't going to turn around now. I
1: wanted to. The problem was my wife was the same way. And I'm like, well, one of us is winning this and it's not it's not me. I'll go make a fifth cup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some people uh, some people say I never get off the struggle bus. Listen, I do have to get off of this because I've got uh, a lot of race of uh, videos to go edit over at youtube.com slash racing dudes. If you guys aren't subscribed yet, please go do that. You don't want to miss any of the great content we have coming up four weeks to the Derby and the Oaks. You can bet we're going to be blasting out as much content as we possibly can. We've got a new Derby Top 5 for Aaron, uh, Oaks Top 5. Um, I had to write it down because I forgot. Oh, uh, Top 5 Derby Prep Races. He ranks the Derby Prep Races in order of importance. So if you still want to go back and study this, uh, maybe you want to bookmark it for later, go ahead and do that. Uh, but go to youtube.com slash racing dudes also by the way credit to this guy back-to-back weeks of great interviews uh for owners of the connections you had um it was mike mckinn right mike mckinn of c7 Mm -hmm. racing stables and they didn't get the win they were hoping for but smile happy going off to the derby so you can go hear more about him and their family and if there's anyone else that you want mike to interview let us know we've got uh play happy to take requests uh mike is doing a great job of it so let us know who you want to see
0: yeah, it's been great to have, have a couple owners on there, especially when like these are smaller outfits. It's not your Winchell thoroughbreds. It's not your yeah, you no know,
1: payments, please. <laughs>
0: it's it's not your Avengers, right? It's it's uh it, it's kind of cool. You know, the the C two is is essentially brothers, and they're they're the owners of Huey De Barrio, and then uh, Lucky Seven is about him and his four siblings and his two parents. He he went to the racetrack because of his dad. So fun to kind of interview some of these owners who are are reaching the the peak of the mountain. Uh, who are not spending you know the the literally you know, tens of millions of dollars every year to try and get one horse into the Derby. These guys are, are, are much smaller in the game and, and able to have some success. So pretty cool to, to talk to them and and just to hear their excitement and how how they can't wait to get to the first Saturday in May.
1: I'd uh, love to interview
0: Pratt, anytime. Yeah,
1: well, Mike, is, Mike, you're doing a great job of the interviews anyway, so I would say do it, but there's no way I could. No, I'm no. not. This comment was a thousand percent directed at you specifically.
0: You would just gush the entire time.
1: <laughs> It'd be like that. Oh shoot! The Chris Farley sketch from SNL. Remember, remember the time you you played you played Layla. that, yeah. that was pretty cool. You know remember that the time that. you you won on zandon Yeah, it was really cool. You,
0: <laughs> that would you, be did, you did a great job of of weaving through traffic. Can like tell me about that? <laughs> be awesome.
1: Yeah. It would be so great just just twenty minutes of, of Flavian wanting to just kill me. God. I uh,
0: at this one time I bet two dollars to show on you and you you won
1: and it paid two sixty.
0: Yeah, <laughs> there was a five horses in the field. It was huge for California.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, listen, that's our time. Thank you so much for joining, Mike, and I. We went a little over, but thank you so much. Sincerely, if you join us live or if you're listening or watching the replay back, we very much appreciate it. Uh, you can download uh, our podcast anywhere you find podcasts. Magic Mike Show. Just search for it. Um, RacingDudes.com. Free picks for every race, every track across the country. And this Friday, coming back, we have the second. Racing Dudes uh, Tournament Challenge. So, Mike, real quick, 30 seconds, tell the people about it, and then we'll get out of here.
0: You got it. If you're a subscriber of any kind on racingdudes.com, monthly, yearly, whatever it is uh, on your dashboard, you'll see Tournament Challenge there. For 10 bucks, you can enter the Tournament Challenge and compete with guys like Magic and I, as well as uh, all the other subscribers. Uh, it's a $10 to enter. There's a cash prize to the top three. And then we'll also have $150 in site credit to whoever finishes the highest amongst the subscribers. So Magic and I, unfortunately not eligible for this, we get another $150 in site credit. And on top of that, We'll be doing a live show on Friday. Um, the plan, I think, is from either 4.30 to 5.30 or 5.30 to 6, depending on what time the races are. Uh, so come back and check in on that. But we'll go over the tournament leaderboard, talk about the races, tournament strategy, and compare to the other big tournaments that day to kind of see where the uh, winner would have fared How they, had they entered uh, the NHC qualifier or the $15,000 tournament. So it's a great way to try out tournaments. Uh, you got to be a subscriber of Racing Dudes to be able to, eligible to enter. So make sure you subscribe over at RacingDudes.com for one of the premium picks packages. Uh, and then you can, you can go in. Yeah, Magic, who won the last contest?
1: I can't. I can't. Oh, remember. you won. I was going to say who got last last time. Listen, if you're worried about this, about it being difficult, yes, Mike Samich did win the first one. His partner was last. Literally, yeah. we were first and last, and we did not We didn't mean it to be that way. Mike was down in the bottom with me until like three races left, and he's like, I'm done. Okay, now I'm going to go get some money. But uh, yeah, no, it's it's a lot of fun. You don't need to be worried about who you're facing necessarily because you know I'm one of them.
0: Well, and, and the winner last side, so that the subscriber who won was, I believe it was Mindy who won, uh, and she. She was able. To, she got 150 th- bucks in tight credit, as well as the cash prize. And on top of that, it was her first time playing tournaments, so she wanted to check out tournaments and thought it was a good way to do it. And had an absolute blast. Uh, if you enter the tournament Friday, make sure to join us on the YouTube feed. We'll be talking about it and talking through selections and how we
1: got to horses. It's a lot of fun. It's like and Mindy, was, yeah. Mindy was cursing us on Twitter because she's already entered new tournaments <laughs> since then. She's already hooked off of one.
0: If you've never played tournaments before, it's a great way to kind of get involved and check it out and talk through the process about why we picked horses and, and what angles we use to get to them. I mean, we talked about it quite a bit on the last Friday show about, you know, I like this horse the most, but this horse is two to one. So I'm not going to use it in a tournament. I'm looking at an eight to one or nine to one or, you know, that specific one, I thought that there was a pretty chalky sequence, except for the three loyal races. And those are the only three races I took stabs in. And and that's you kind of have to talk through the the sequence to be able to come up with the best strategy going into it.
1: The great strategy for you is to make sure you like and subscribe to all of our videos at RacingDudes.com and YouTube.com slash RacingDudes. Mike and I will be back on Thursday with a pick four, uh, probably back at Keeneland, right? Keeneland's still racing. we got to take advantage of it. So we'll do Saturday's late pick four on Thursday's show. And then, of course, we'll see you Friday for the live video and the subscriber-only tournament. Until then, I'm, I'm Magic. Well, I'm Mike,
0: but I'm a little mad at you right now. I hit the pick four this weekend. It paid $20
1: for, for $21 and <laughs> 40 cents. Yes, you absolutely did. I'm yeah. magic. He's Mike Follis. I'm at Chris code. He's at some eighteen Number one, number eight. Good luck this week. We'll see you on Thursday.
0: This has been a presentation of RacingDudes.com, Your destination for all things, horse racing and sports betting, whether you want free winners, expert insider picks, up-to-the-minute trackside weather reports or podcasts and videos for betters of all skill levels never make another wager without visiting the racing dudes first